fucking loop, baby. You gotta get this loop. Yo, back in the yo, remember back in the day when shit, everything was all smooth and calm and shit was what like. Yo, man, I'm, I'm, I'm building, bro. I'm building, man. I was saying like, remember like back in like the 70, fucking 79. Everybody was on our lot. Nah, nah, 87. That was my favorite shit, bro. Polo shit. Everything was busting out, man. Everything was lovely, man. Yo, yo, get the fuck out the rain, nigga. Get the fuck over. Who the fuck is that? Hey, yo, ghost, yo, Ray. What's up with y'all niggas, man? What the fuck y'all niggas? Ah. Hey, you know, everybody's talking about the good old days, right? Yeah. Everybody, the good old days, the good yeah. old days. Good old days, Well, yeah. let's talk about the good old let's days. Let's talk about them shit, today, Friday, November 9th, in hip-hop history, Wu-Tang Clan delivers their debut album, Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers, 25 years ago. That means that was 1993. On this day in hip-hop history, the prolific Wu-Tang Clan took the first steps of one of the most powerful careers to date by releasing their debut, Enter the Wu-Tang, 36 Chambers. With a martial arts title and righteously murderous lyrics, this may be one of the most ferocious and raw debuts hip-hop has ever seen. RZA, The Jizza, Old Dirty Bastard, Inspector Deck, Raekwon, You Got, Ghostface Killer, Master Killer, and Method Man were all in rare form, rapping with chips on their shoulders and something to prove. Recorded, mixed, mastered, and arranged exclusively by RZA. For me, I was a hip-hop head, so I was heavy into hip-hop. My best friend was a DJ, and we used to just play music all day long. And I think we was fascinated by the fact that there was nine different guys rhyming. Like, yo, when we saw Protect Your Neck, it was like, yo, wait a minute. There's nine cats rhyming? Whoa, 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 whoa. And they all sound official? Like, you know, you had groups, but everybody wasn't so official. Like, it was nine guys. It's this crew. Who is this crew? Wu-Tang. And then you see the, the logo and you just, I remember watching video music box and it's like, yo, what is this logo? Mm -hmm. I remember hearing the song because my boy was a DJ, Miles, shout out to Miles. Miles was a DJ. Oh my God, we played the record. And I just remember being in his house. It was a, his house was like, his house was like a group home. Like everybody was there all the time. So I just remember sitting in there and listening to music. And we was, we might've played that song a a hundred times, back to back to back to back, just critiquing and listening to it, like just in amazement, like, yo, who is this? Started off on an island, AK Shallon, niggas wailing, gunshots thrown the phone down. Back in the days, I'm eight now, making a tape now. Ray gotta get a plate now. Ignorant and mad young, wanted to be the one till I got wild, felt one. Yeah, my pops was a fiend since 16, shooting that, that's that shit in his bloodstream. That's the life of a crimey, real life crime. I was in Canada. I was in Toronto, and I'm in a car, 
and we just happened to put on a radio station. It was late. It was a college radio station. I don't know what it was. I think it was, and it wasn't playing shit I knew, but it was strictly boom bap. You, the music, the funk was irresistible. Every song was boom bap music. Mm. And I'm partial to that because I like the drums to pop. You, you do that, I pull over. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pull over? Sometimes I pull over. I don't want to focus on the road. I don't want to focus in the rearview mirror. I want to hear how you flip these drums. Ah, it's true. It's very important. The That's drums, what gets your the head. The drums, the kick, and the snare. Essential. Everybody nods their head. When you hear No matter who you are, where you are on the planet. Especially for me, because I know the record, where it came from. So I said, oh, shit, that don't go like that. <laughs> that producer is a motherfucker because that he pulled that shit out and rebuilt it. So for me, hearing it is different. I really respect it because I know these records. That's why it's a different thing for me. Because I said, like, damn, how did he do that? You hear a bass line and they're singing over it. There are instruments on top of it, but you have that ear like, yo, if I could just muffle that and just you can hear the rumble of the bass. And then you hear the instruments like muffled. Then you got a bass line without the voices, without the, the instruments on top of it. This is what Lars Professor did with halftime. I heard the original record just driving down the street. I pulled over. It showed me the genius of Extra P. The, uh, the Nas record, halftime. It's some bullshit. He heard that bass. This is how the, his mind works. This is true craftsmanship. Yes, beat making. What G. Moody's explaining is true craftsmanship from our producers of hip hop. Extraordinary, the extraordinary producers. The extraordinary producers. I heard the record. I said, and it, you know, it, it came in my mind. I said, that that sounds like. So I pulled over and rewound it. I said, oh shit, that is halftime. Muffled. Wow. Compressed. It, it, it was like some shit you wouldn't even think is halftime. You might have to play that for the people. Yeah, I, I will play it. Here it is right now. Dead end. Don't walk. Keep out. Red light. Red light. He put the sleigh bells and the drums are pounding. This is what I'm talking about. Genius. Check me out, y'all. People say these are not musicians. Those are craftsmen. These are craftsmen. And it takes, it takes a love of music. True. You have to have that. It's innate. It's not in everybody. But if you have it, you're in a supermarket, you hear some country or some bullshit song you're walking, you're just like, oh, shit, that beat it. That's ill. It just, it just hits you. Mm. you can, it just hits you. Like, yo, if I could get that record, I could freak it like this. Mm. And that's what I suppose Premier, Dre, uh, Pete Rock, um, a whole, a whole RZA. They all have that. Mm -hmm. Q-tip. Q-tip. It's a love. Pharrell. 
Pharrell, our love of this thing, being born here, is a different thing. I found records, people find records on the street, I've taken them home. You know, that's the culture of this shit. If you really down, we make beats for hobby, we did pause tapes, me and my, me and my brother did pause tapes. Mm. Extending bricks, banging on the lunch table, in seventh grade, <laughs> my man, uh, who I knew in my class, he's spitting and shit. We yep. beatboxing. This is part of the culture. Yeah, everybody Fresh clothes, it. pumas. So if you're if you born in New York, that's who you are. Hip-hop culture is New York City culture. It's true. Bringing out the turntables, reinventing DJing. Because remember, cats used to, when you play a record, you, 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 you play it, it's over, you turn it over. And, and then New Yorkers, brought out two turntables and invented a mixer so you could have a seamless transition. Mm-hmm. Invented, there was no mixer. So New York City culture is hip hop culture. So if you're born here, that's who you fucking are, man. <laughs> so. Yeah, we created the culture. It's true, we really did, truly. And reinventing the playing of music, reinventing DJing. Nobody did the to the next turntable. It's one turntable. These cats in the Bronx brought out two. Yeah, it was dope. It's dope. Yeah, yeah. It's an art form. We are all craftsmen. The culture of hip hop is based off of truly innovation, creativity, and craftsmanship. And exactly to your point, rubbing the record, scratching. <laughs> Just innovation. Right, Grand Wizard Theater. Innovation. So basically rubbing the one where the kick drum comes in is like a drum roll. I don't know how he figured that out. Crazy. You, you can, I don't know how these people figured that out. Where's, but again, <laughs> that's the... The amazing black right, people. Right, the amazing black like, like the amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> because you have to give it, you have to the give it to them. amazing black people. It's true. Because how are you going to come up with some Listen, shit? Listen, I'm here? black. I'm black. Oh, yeah. And I have to say that I'm amazed by black people. We are an amazing people who have overcome, consistently overcome. We are survivors, we are not victims. Black people are survivors and innovators and creators. Under the worst conditions. Under the, absolutely. The un- Under the worst condition. Absolutely. Because think about when we talk about hip hop. We this is a hip hop episode, y'all. This is uh, just off the cuff. Think about the condition of the Bronx. Yo, the condition of the Bronx. At the time. Burnt out Bronx. My mother's from the South Bronx. Burnt out. Give us some stories. Give us an, uh, uh, a snippet of the Bronx from your mother. Just a snippet. How was it from her description? Third world country. Her backyard was the garbage. She said they would throw garbage out the window and it would be piled up. She lived on the fifth floor. It was it was almost as high as the fifth floor. Just a stench of garbage. And you can see Rats. it. Look it up. You can see pictures of this. Rats. Rats. Of course, that was their buffet. Roaches. Vermin. Ugh. Filth. My mother was a fanatic about cleanliness because she was traumatized by In the late, late 60s, 60s. Yeah, that's when it started. Early to... 70s of the burnt out Bronx, South Bronx. 
Whoa. And one of the world's greatest cultures came from this. <laughs> True. From this, this environment. This, yeah. This decrepit environment. This, that, and the third with G. Moody. Hashtag the G. Moody experience. This is a homage to hip-hop based on the anniversary of the Midnight Marauders. Yes. Oh, we didn't Tribe Called Quest. We didn't even go there. And Wu-Tang. Midnight Marauders. That album from Tribe Called Quest. Q-Tip with the music. He sampled records uh, nobody had ever heard before. Ali Shaheed Muhammad as well. Yeah. Very yeah. much a music, uh, their DJ, and very much a music connoisseur. Yeah. Yeah, incredible guys. Incredible guys. Just, just lovers of music. Music. That's the key. That's why your beats are good. That's the key. And they incorporated the jazz, which yeah. was like, oh, my God. Like, I grew up on a lot of jazz. So right. To, to hear those records being incorporated uh -huh. into this new art form, I was amazed. Right. Like you, like you said how, you know, the funk for you, yeah. for me, or the James Brown for you, and that was for me too, but because jazz was always in my in my family environment. Right. My pops too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to hear those songs incorporated into this yeah. new this new art form just blew me away. Because it was, recre it's like you said, it was a recreation, it was yeah. craftsmanship. Okay. Let's, let's fuck with some jazz right Let's listen to it. Mm -hmm. Usually you're just looking for soul yeah. and funk from yeah. the early 70s. Collecting records, you're looking for those breaks in those records. Mm. This guy said, yo, everything. Every, everything is good. Everything. And since we're talking about hip-hop, we would be remiss to not give the proper guy, James Brown, the uh. credit. Absolutely because without revolutionizing music in 67, look, listen to the music before 67. It never started on the one. You turn on the music today, every song starts on the one. And that's because of James Brown. His invention is the standard. It is. It is. It's like the foundation. Of music. Yes. Of that art form. Yes, absolutely. All music starts on one now. One, two, three, four, one, two. The one is hard. That's what gives you that power. This is what James did. So we would be remiss. We can't talk about hip hop. We can't talk about hip hop without, without, James, without James. Listen to it right now. Genesis of it. The drummer is basically in the loop. G Moody, if you don't know, G Moody is a is a music connoisseur. A hobby beat maker. Been making beats since 89. I credit my man BJ Carter. Wow. From Queens. From Baisley Projects. Went to Arizona Western College with him. We played ball. He was in the dorm playing James. 
I said, oh, shit, there's another motherfucker here like me. Yeah, you said that you didn't want to play because nobody was listening to that. Music. Right. I was in the dorm and I'm on the low with my James and my Harold Melvin and the Blue Nose. I didn't want nobody to know I listened to all old shit. Why? I was embarrassed That's because, so you know, you're a young kid. You're like, yo, you, you want to be like, yo, I listen to the modern shit. These motherfuckers are going to think I'm corny if they hear me listening to Sly and the Family Stone and Bill Withers and all that. Because that's the shit my pops had. That's so funny. So I come in the dorm one day and I hear James. I hear the old escapism and all that funky wow. drummer. Wow. And I say, who the fuck? This is. And it was. <laughs> and it was my man, BJ Carter. And we became instant friends. We're still friends. So during uh, the break, the Christmas break. He invited me to his crib in Queens. And I went to his crib and he had records everywhere. Wow. And I felt like I was in Coney Island, like I was a kid. And it was records I'd never seen and it was all, and we was, he was making beats. He's the one that made me start collecting records. Why do you collect records? What is the purpose of collecting a record? I would go to my aunt's, my friend's crib. Yo, you got records you don't want? Oh, yeah, we got a whole bunch of little 45s in there. Child, you can take that. <laughs> so you would go. Every house. Take the Go to everybody's house. And ask them. Anytime you went to somebody's house, you're asking for a record. You got records you, you don't want? And then you would take the record home. Clean them up. Alcohol. Each side, 45s. Okay. Play each one of them. And? And if I liked them, I would record them. And they're just in my Walkman. How would you record it? I had, you know, you have tapes and I had my turntable, I had the amp hooked up. If I liked it, I didn't know the artist. I would record it and we, we'd be in the park playing so this just shit. just be making like a, a, a tape. A tape for me. A tape of all your favorite songs. Anything that I found that I liked, said, man, this shit is ill. Not even looking for beats. I used to go to a basement in East New York and it was a basement. It was dusty. It was damp. And me and my man used to thumb through shit. We had gloves. Oh my goodness. It was really like dark and we just like, and they had a little record player. So we was like, yo, like, cause you gotta know artists. So you have to know, oh, this drummer that I know, oh, play, played on this album. Ah, so, so, so the first part of it in discovering the album was of course going to the back and looking at the credits. Like for instance, Idris Muhammad is a jazz drummer, but he is ill. You've heard his drums in a lot of hip hop records, but you didn't know it was him. You don't know it's him. So we look on the back of a jazz album and it'd be like, yo, my man, I'm like, yo, Idris on this shit. Yo, cop that. <laughs> cop so that. Crazy. It's so crazy because I used to read the credits always too. Like I always, that was my whole thing. I was always reading the credits and you don't have that. Then I was like, the CDs came and yeah. that was cool. Uh -uh. You know, you got to read the credits still. The liner notes. Yeah. Right, the liner notes. Me, I was, a li I was a reader, so I was a liner notes fanatic because I just wanted to know who did this. Like, right. who are the people behind these yeah. things? The Can I Kick It drum. Hard as fuck, right? Joe Dukes played that. It's on a Lonnie Smith album, 1970. And he's organist. The record is called Spinning Wheel. Q-Tip caught it off that album. You turn the album, you see Joe Dukes on it. Oh, immediately you get it. Mm. Immediate. It's not even uh, uh, any confusion. Mm. So once you know the drummers in there, uh, people who play electric pianos or bass, Donny Hathaway got a bass player or a drummer, and you uh, go, oh, he played with Donny Hathaway. Cop that. Oh, 
okay, okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? Sly and the Family Stones drum. I think his name is Greg Erico. He's on another album. Oh, that's from Sly. This motherfucker's ill. Get that. Wow. That's how it goes. You and then you start knowing all the musicians. Wow. So you and see so their then names. You start looking for those musicians. So right. now you're you're scanning these albums. Not for the not for the artists. Right, but for the musicians. If you see somebody you know, ah, oh, he's ill. It got to be a break on the it. Drummer. Ah, see, okay, see? so this is the this is the methodology this behind the intricacies. This whole the, of record club. right of record okay 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 because i mean i know people that just go record shopping right and i'm uh, like what is this beat shop you're not just grabbing up shit nobody could just buy everything right it's you about know? the musician yes what that tells me it's like what these guys have been doing was creating their own orchestra based off of these musicians following collecting a variety of their music to now create symphonies from these different albums. Yes. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm a right. hip hop fanatic and I didn't really understand right. the breakdown of this. That's why you could spend hours thumbing through. Ah. That's why you have gloves and shit on. It's literally creating your own your own orchestra yeah, of sounds. Exactly. From That's these musicians. Lord Finesse House. The MC Law Finesse from the Bronx in his house, he has it all cat like categories. Like one wall is just all drums. <laughs> oh my gosh. You have different to, records. Though you have to. You it's have like to. he's like he has his drum section. Yep. You have your horn section yep. of albums. But this is that's what yeah. kind of craftsmanship innovation is that? That's right. incredible. Right. That's incredible. And now we go to Okay, you got the drum. Now these motherfuckers is breaking them shits up. Right. Let me separate this drum kick and play it again the way I want it to be played. Wow. With, with, with the musician doing it. There it goes another level. Wow. Because you can just loop it and keep it going the way the musician did it. But I, want, I, don't, want, I don't like that. It, the sound is good. The snares are banging. That's why I got it. But I want to play it the way I want to play it. Right, right. So I got to take that kick out of it, snare, and change it. Oh, my goodness. It's incredible. Just the art form, just the idea of actually doing that and being capable of doing that. The mind can do it. The you got to execute that the shit. The innovation yeah. of that, though. And then with the filtering we was talking about is another level. Like Just like your song, Buck em Down. Oh, I love that. You the sample is... Wind Parade by Donald Byrd. And when it comes on, you hear the muffle. They lift the muffle, and then you hear the sample. So they muffled it, and then played the original on top of it. You oh. see? That's what it is. I see evil D beat miners. Muffle, lift, lift the muffle. Same part of the record, just putting it on top. Mm. Beautiful artistry, innovation. This is what really got me into the shit where I was like, this is what I'm talking about. So we're talking about art form. Exactly. All the way up until the mid 90s. And then that's when the artistry 
kind of faltered a little bit and stopped. It, it went away from the Black Moon and, and the premiere and all that really digging and all that changing of the records and making the horns go backwards. And that is a serious craft. If you love that, Ooh, I love it. And you you can't recreate that. But you know what? Me and my man, when when that uh, what's that Biggie Smalls that looped that Diana? What's the name of that song? That looped Diana Ross. I'm coming out. When me and my man heard that, we was like, yo, they could have freaked that shit better. Like immediately, we said, oh, that's just a loop. Like we was just dejected. We was like, yo, they could have freaked that shit. They could have did all kind of shit and, and made it sound like, oh, you hear what this motherfucker did with that record? Wow. That's how we were looking at it. But my, my thing is that for the fact that you all understood. Yeah. People don't understand. Like right. Yeah. Understood and could decipher where this music originated from and then you could hear it right and then and then understand yeah that technique like that's a deeper deeper, deeper understanding under and love of, of music so that's why again g booty i gotta applaud you for your understanding of uh the craft and, and that's the craftsmanship what, yes. and i think it's really Respect. important yeah and and why you have such a admiration and love of hip-hop absolutely Absolutely. And the culture of hip hop, right. and you revere it so much, is because of your deep, deep understanding of the craftsmanship, the innovation that it took to create it. It's like the pyramids. It's almost like looking at the pyramids, having had experienced the building of the pyramids, and then, you know, to see like a building here in New yeah, York City. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what always uh, spurred me and my man to sit in the park and, and listen to certain records and, and, and go, wow. We have that record. We listen to that record. Look what this guy did with it. Wow, man. Yo, that's some that's some serious filtering. That's some serious chopping. Yeah. And then to actually create that soup. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's like a gumbo. I, I was just into the sounds. I mean, he just broke it down even more for me. And I, I believe that I'm a hip hop fanatic, but you just broke it down even more so. So I appreciate you for that. Yes, yes, always. But we're paying homage. Yeah, absolutely. It ain't just Wu-Tang and Midnight Marauders. That's good. But since we're on 25, we're going to talk about this whole culture in totality. That's right. Where everybody's just going to be talking about, oh, Wu-Tang's great. Midnight Marauders is great. Of course. But this, that, and the third with G. Moody, we get into the fucking ingredient. Standing third with G. Moody. I'm changing the game because I am all about equality and diversity. So, of course, you're going to hear my booming baritone most of the time, a good portion of the time. But you're also going to have the sultry, soothing voice of chocolatey. This standing third with G. Moody here live in the Bronx, New York. We want to tell the fans. If you want to hear that good soundtrack, make sure you go to the soundtrack of This, That, and the Third with G. Moody on Spotify. Make sure you check it out. You know it's dope. That music is dope. In case you don't know what it is, you can go there and get the soundtrack. They call it a soundtrack, but we call it a score. And also, if you want to support, go to anchor.fm slash g-moody. That's anchor.fm slash g-moody. Make sure you go there and do your thing. And also, 
you want to review, rate, go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review. Give the brother that good five stars and give me that great assessment because you know what time it is. This that and the third with G Moody. Peace. The realness. The, 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 the realness. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the, yeah. the realness.